0: Proverbs 17 verse 15 He that justifieth the wicked and he that condemneth the just even they both are an abomination to the Lord. Few days ago I taught this proverb to the children and explained to them the importance of of standing on the right side. Here this proverb simply says that God is absolutely disgusted with uh, injustice. He injustice um, someone that justifies the guilty and condemns the innocent and that's injustice the Bible says it's an abomination in the sight of God he hates it it's uh, it's shameful it's uh, a disgrace it's a scandal and he hates it and that shows us a little bit about his, his character his holiness, his righteousness and justice and if God is disgusted with such a condition of injustice. Someone that uh, simply justifies or uh, counts someone to be righteous when they're not, at the expense of someone that is innocent, God says that's an absolute abomination in His sight. And there are some people that do this deliberately. So they, they're they, people that they have no ounce of righteousness in them, they do not care for truth, and uh, there are some people that do it, you know, ignorantly, and to be ignorant is to have a lack of knowledge, Uh, it's to be destitute of the truth, Uh, some people want want to remain ignorant by choice, they rather not know, but that's still something that, you know, is an indictment to that person, he that answereth the matter before he hears it, it is a, what, folly and shame unto him, Uh, Ignorance is folly and shame. So whether it's done purposely or whether it's done out of ignorance, it is an abomination to God. God hates it. And uh, we need to realize that God hates injustice. And we ought to hate injustice. We ought to uh, simply abhor it like God does. And either way, um, whether, like I mentioned, purposely or ignorantly, God hates it, and so we need to deal with this matter in our own life. And most of the times this happens, or this great grievance happens, because of lack of knowledge. Okay, have a look at Proverbs 18, verse 5. Just the chap- chapter over. <clears throat> And again, lack of knowledge is ignorance, isn't it? Lack of judgment is ignorance, isn't it? And ignorance can be a curse. And uh, and so it says there, Proverbs eighteen verse five: It is not good to accept the person of the wicked, to overthrow the righteous in what? What's that word? Judgment. So one of the greatest causes for bad judgment is falling into sin of partiality. The reason people have a false, distorted judgment. Is because of partiality in their life. I believe this is one of the major things that I want to look at today that will cause injustice or to a situation, whether it be a marital situation, situation at work, situation with your children that are having a little dispute, any kind of relationship in any form, church, whatever it is. Uh, I believe it's very important that we make the right kind of judgment, we stand on the right side. This is what we call it as one of the principles that we want to stand. On the right side. It's not about you know this person or this person. It's about the side of the truth. Uh, you've heard it said that there's three sides of the story, isn't there? There's your story, there's my story, and then there's the truth. truth. And so we should all be standing on the side of the truth, no matter what. So partiality, you know, kind of distorts that judgment, and you know, causes us. To violate, if you will, justice. And God hates it. And so we need to hate it. We need to say our judgment ought not to be marred, tainted, distorted in any matter, in any relationship, in any circumstance. And so let's have a look. Showing partiality can affect our distorted judgment. Have a look at 24, Proverbs 24. Look at verse 23. Look at verse 23. The Bible says, these things also belong to the wise. It's not good to have respects of persons in what? In judgment. So when we make judgments or decisions, it should never be based upon favoritism, biases. It must be based upon facts and truth. Facts and truth. And uh, so we need to be very careful that we're not tempted to be partial when we make judgments because that can distort justice, which God loves. God loves righteousness, judgment and justice. As a matter of fact, the psalmist praised God seven times a day for the righteous judgments of God. And so this is how dear it is to the heart of God. And so let me allow, allow me to give you several things to guard your heart against judgment uh, that is shifted uh, by partiality. Number one, a person can show partiality because of prosperity. Okay. Look at uh, Proverbs 29 verse 4. Proverbs 29 verse 4. <clears throat> the king by judgment establishes the, the land, but he that receiveth gifts, what does he do? He overthrows it. So a nation is established by good judgment, it's built upon uh, you know, truth and wisdom, but someone that is enticed if you will by gifts can overthrow can overthrow a nation. Someone that receives bribes or gifts can overthrow a nation. And so uh, this actually talks about the person's integrity. In order to distort a people in judgment for personal gain really shows the integrity of a person, but people do it for money. People do it for prosperity. Uh, So in other words, that person, that king, that ruler is actually saying that I can be bought. And, you know, I can be bought. I mean, God help us not to be bought. You know, some people deliberately try to buy others with gifts, right? What are they buying? They're buying votes, like you see in the political uh, arena. They're buying votes. They're trying to coerce people with money and vouchers and gifts so they can have votes. Have a look at Proverbs 17. Proverbs 17. Look at verse 23. A wicked man taketh a gift out of his bosom to what? To pervert or distort the ways of judgment. So there are people that would um, deliberately shower a person with gifts for that person to be marred in his judgment. Okay? And this is for the purpose of uh, distorting the truth. It's almost been blinded by the gift. So that person can be uh, turning a blind eye. See, I think judges in courts and police officers perhaps face it a lot. Hey, Mr. Officer, I'll give you $100. Please don't give me a ticket. You know, or the judge, you know, you know, take this on the side. Why? So they, their judgment is distorted. And so they're enticed by prosperity, by gifts. And so we need to be very careful that our judgment is not marred by prosperity or gifts. I don't have time to go into all the passages of Scripture for the sake of time when we need to pray. But you know, let me just paraphrase Matthew chapter 28. The Pharisees uh, bribed the soldiers to distort the truth about the resurrection. That the disciples, just say the disciples took him away. So the the Pharisees knew, even though they watched and they were (laughs) guarding that They they knew that the resurrection was going to take place. I mean, just that in itself is ironic. But what were they trying to do? Distort the truth. And they took the money. The soldiers took the money. The Bible is very clear. The Bible says uh, to have a respective person is not good for a piece of bread that a man will transgress. For a piece of bread. I mean, look how low someone will stoop. For a piece of bread that perhaps tells us how deep that person's poverty is. But the Bible says in Proverbs 19, verse 22, a poor man is better than a liar. A poor man is better than a liar. Keep your money. Leave me alone. I want to be on the side of integrity. And I think we all should stand on that side. Amen. I mean, look at Judas. Lousy 30 pieces of silver sold the Lord of glory. Shame, disgraceful, disgusting, abomination, abomination. Second of all, a person can show partiality not only because of prosperity, but personality. Go to John chapter 12 in your Bibles. John chapter 12. I might have to do the same thing with what I did with the last devotion. I'll just quickly go through these for the sake of time. But have a look at John chapter 12. Look at verse 3. Took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment, And saith one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? And he said this, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and what was put there in. Now on face value, if you were a disciple sitting there and hearing and watching what was taking place, you would say, man, what personality, what, what kindness and what truth and compassion this person has toward the poor? What, what a waste of money, you would say, in your, perhaps in your heart. You would feel uh, a sense that Judas was pious. Religious compassion, right? And, and your judgment will be, because you don't know that he was a thief. You don't know that he cared about money. You don't know. All you see is this man caring for who? The poor. And so if this uh, comment that he makes actually influenced the other disciples. Have a look at Matthew 26. Look at verse 6. Now when Jesus was in Bethany, the house of Simon the leper, there came on him a woman having alabaster box, very precious ointment, and poured it on his head, and he sat down at meat. But when his disciples saw it, When his disciples, plural, saw it, they had what? Indignation, saying, To what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. And when Jesus understood it, he said, Why trouble ye the woman? So we see there's no doubt that the disciples, plural, were influenced by Judas Iscariot. He had the money bag, thinking that he had, uh, you know, caring for the poor. Casting a seed of doubt regarding this woman's worship to her God. And I just love it how we have an advocate that steps in and says, hey, just leave her alone. Just leave her alone. And uh, what what was he trying to do? Put doubt in the disciples' hearts? Now, did the disciples know what was taking place in Judas' heart? No. Did they ever think about this woman and her worship? No, not really. They didn't. And so their judgment was marred. Here they were justifying who, Judas, and condemning who? Without even realizing it. Now you say, what do we do in this situation? I mean, if you've got some doubts regarding someone's ministry, you know, the best thing that you can ever do is ask him, why do you do what you do? Yeah, yeah. Just ask him. You, and you'll be surprised, they're probably doing it for God's glory. They could have at least asked, him, asked her, why are you doing this? Instead of accusing and saying, hey, we're just more pious and more compassionate and more kind. But really, he was overthrowing the just, the worship. And, and, and by the way, let's just keep reading. This is just amazing how Jesus just stands in. He says, don't, he says trouble, verse 10, he says, why trouble ye the woman? Why, why are you giving her trouble? Look at this. He says, for this hath wrought a good work upon me. Thank God that her work was approved by God. For we have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. For in that she poured disointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, whithersoever with, witherso, uh, this gospel shall be preached, in the whole world, look at this promise, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for memorial of her. Now, it's not, I mean, fair that we continue with the devotion. Let's just stop here for a moment. This is how much Jesus valued her offering. And this is how much a person condemned it. That if it was even a memorial, that it would be, you know, spoken about throughout the world, even to the very point that we're speaking about it now. Personality. Judas on face value, mate, that guy's he cares for the poor. I mean, he cares for the work of God that much. Look at him. Yes, what are you wasting this for? It just could have been used to look after the poor. But in reality, they didn't know that they were actually condemning a person that was actually worshipping God. What do we do in this situation? You have a question mark on someone's ministry, just ask him. Why do you do what you do? Thirdly, a person can show partiality because of Position. Because of position. Jesus was not a respected person in judgment. Actually, the people knew that he wasn't. One person comes up to him and says, Master, we know that thou sayest and teachest rightly. Neither acceptest thou the person of any, but teachest the way of God. And he did. Jesus taught to the people. Jesus taught to Peter and Jesus taught the Pharisees. He, he, He taught without any partiality. There was no distortion in his approach to truth. He spoke with authority. And, uh, and, and, and Jesus had no problem in confronting Peter. And Jesus had no problem in confronting the Pharisees. He was consistent. Didn't matter people's position. Didn't matter you know, if they were Pharisees and teachers. And, and show the respect is always there. And respect always must be there. Mm. But showing partiality to someone that has sinned because he's, you know, in a sense that he, we should excuse their sin because of their position, is an abomination to God. King David was approached by who? Nathan the prophet. Paul approached Peter. And so we see that it's very clear that in in the scriptures, that position is not a respecter of persons. Just because you have a title, it doesn't mean you're above rebuke. Okay? It doesn't mean you're above. Let me just, for the sake of time, quote this for you, 1 Timothy 5. Against an elder, receive not an accusation, but before two or three witnesses. Them that sin rebuke before all that others also may fear. I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ and the elect angels that thou observe these things without preferring one before another and doing nothing by partiality. If someone sins, you mark the thing out, whether he's an elder or whether, and, and, it's, and it's clearly that that person sinned. There's no question about it, there's no doubt. It's clear. So you deal with the sin. And if you don't deal with the sin, then it's an abomination. It's in, injustice. It's injustice to that person that perhaps doesn't have a title and is dealt with by the pastor or by the elder or by you know, other people that do have titles. Well, what about you when you sin? What about you as a parent? Uh, you know, Discipline your children. Or what about you when you get things wrong? Do you apologize to your children? You know, we cannot show partiality. We must admit our faults. We must admit where we've gone wrong. And I like what Albert Barnes said. The meaning is regarding this. He talks about preferring one another, doing nothing by partiality. He says, the meaning is without any prejudice on the account of rank, wealth, personal friendship, or preference of any sort. He says, let there be an entire impartiality in all cases. Though it is not wrong for a minister of the gospel to have personal friends, you in administration of the affairs of the church, he should never, he should, sorry, remember that all our brethren and all of whatever rank, color, sex or age have equal rights. And so position, not only people in position, preaching and so forth, but even your partner, your wife, your family. We should never show partiality. This is, this is a hard one because you share a lot of things in common with people that you're close to. You have this bond and fondness. And so it's, it's it, because you have that uh, you know, common bond and you have that, you know, that very thing that brings you close together when that person does something wrong, you're afraid that you might break that bond. But the truth of the matter is, if you're holy and righteous, you love God and you know his heart, that will only bring you together. It won't separate you because you know you want the best for that person. By the way, if you don't say anything that is worthy to be said, you're actually hurting that person. You're hurting your spouse. You're hurting your friend. Open rebuke is better than secret love. And faithful are the wombs of uh, of a friend than the kisses of the enemy. Uh, You know, if there was something worthy to be told, don't you want to know about it so you can fix it and so you can get help and grow? I, I don't know about you, but I'd like to. And especially when someone approaches me in a gracious way, not in an accusatory way, I'd like to fix things. We all got things to fix, amen? And so, so we ought not to show partiality because of our position. Uh, again, Jesus responds to the crowd when they said, you know, your mother and your brethren, they're waiting for you. He turned to them. He said, who is my mother? Who are my brethren? Anyone that does the will of God is my brethren and my mother. You know what Jesus was simply saying that those who do the will of God, those who are side of the truth, are part of my family. There's no partiality, and those that are not, they're not my family. He was always on the right side, and the right side was the truth. And just because their blood doesn't mean I go on the wrong side and stand with them in an error. Actually, I do them more harm. I got to stand on the right side so I can help them, and I believe. Joseph was condemned in prison because Potiphar sided with his wife. Remember that time where his wife, again, I don't have time to go through the passage, but she screamed. <laughs> you know, some people think it's because they scream they're on the right side of the truth. But really what they're doing is they're playing the victim. In reality, they're trying to uh, you know, create something that's not true. Unfortunately, Joseph went to prison because he was dealt with injust, unjustly. Uh, Potiphar knew his integrity, but he sided with his wife. And lastly, a person can show partiality because of the population. You know, the majority is not always right. You know, the crowds are not always right. Especially when we're dealing with the case of Christ, you know how, you know what happened with the religious rulers, provoking the people to go against Christ, uh, rearing up false witnesses. By the way, witnesses are there to testify of the truth, and they rear up false witnesses that have no evidence to condemn our Savior to death. But the popu- the population, you know, the majority, crucify him, crucify him. You know, having the majority is not always... The crowd of truth. Did you know that? Now, I'm not saying that there cannot be a majority for truth to prevail. Sometimes uh, two to three witnesses, there is a word, you know, established. But it's got to be the word of truth. Amen. It's got to be based upon good evidence, not reasonable doubt and, and, and different things and creating a narrative that it's not true. People believe and swallow the pill. And so the more they, you know, create this narrative and propaganda and media, the more the people roar. Oh, it must be true. And we're taken by it. No, we've got to be taken with what is truth. What's the truth? Well, I don't know. It's too much noise. Then they quiet. You know, we give opinions just so easily. You know, I don't know about you, but I've been, I fell in the trap with this whole political saga that's taking place in America. You know, whether this person is doing something right or this person is doing something right, who's, I can't even believe anything anymore. What is going on? You're better off siding with the truth and, uh, and sticking to the truth. And if you don't know the truth, just don't side with it. it could be, I'm not sure. You know what I mean? You know, hey, I think this is the best way to go, amen? Not to do injustice. God doesn't want us to be dealing in, with, with, a, with you know, a heart that is causing trouble uh, to the just and, and, and just simply condemning the just because of uh, those that wish to cause trouble, those that are guilty. <clears throat> just because a person is accused by many people, it doesn't mean it's true. It doesn't mean it's true. You can have the same accusation coming from different places, but it doesn't mean it's true. Accusations have to be verified. This is what happened to Jesus Christ. The Accusations came left, right and center, and they condemned him to death, and they desired a murderer instead of Christ. You try to figure that out. Because you were dealing with a people that were absolutely abominable in the eyes of God. Now, in closing, let me just say the children of Israel failed in this area. And Isaiah tells us that they failed in this area. They would call good evil and evil good. They were overthrown in their judgment for reward. And God held them accountable for their sin. It is a great sin to show partiality in judgment. Because it causes, listen, injustice. Just let me give you one more proverb. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 3. Proverbs 21, verse 3. I don't believe we should, we should never, ever justify the actions of people because of their reactions towards the just. Proverbs 21, verse 3. To do justice and judgment is what? More acceptable to the Lord than what? Sacrifice. This is what this is God's heart more than anything. And don't forget, we're dealing with God's wisdom here. You know, when we think about the Proverbs, we're dealing with God's mind, His infinite wisdom in the way we should live and conduct ourselves. God looks at character and integrity more than service. He values the character and the conduct and the integrity of a person more than what a person does or his ability. Or, or, you know, prosperity or position or them being popular. God looks at the integrity of a person. And we need to side with integrity. We need to side with the truth. Doesn't matter. You know, I want my wife to tell me when I've done wrong. And she's saying, you know, Charlie, I think you are a bit too much and overboard here. I want that. And then, you, uh-huh. what, what did you say? Because it came from someone that loves you. You know, bias can, and favoritism can be a destruction to you when, when the error that you have done is pampered to be true when it's not. It's not good. It can actually hurt you. May God help every single one of us not to do injustice. It doesn't matter about prosperity, position, being popular, all these things personality. Great. Good man. Kind. Good on you. But what's the truth? What's the truth? Because that's that's what God cares for. What is the truth? That's the right side we want to be on. That's the side God is on. We don't want to be on the wrong side because that's an abomination to the Lord. We want to be on the right kind of side. And the right kind of side is don't justify the wicked when they've done wrong. Don't proclaim someone innocent when he's guilty and and much so at the expense of the just. It's an ab- both are an abomination to the Lord. When someone's innocent and you proclaim them to be guilty when they're not, God looks down and he's disgusted with it. And so should we. Let's make sure we're on the right side. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.